Hey guys, it's Tali and Talia, and this is our tea talk. talk. <laughs> so we're back with another episode. We're pre-recording this one because I'm flying next week. Woo! Exciting, Very exciting. So we're pre-recording now. Um, so we're gonna be talking today about social media. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> um, just as something that's you know taking up so much of our time and yeah. you know, I think something that's super like fascinating as a new factor in our generation like this is something that we individually are experiencing and having to navigate that our parents never had to our grandparents never had to mm-hmm. like god's sake like you know probably all the cousins didn't even have to um so yeah yeah so Let's we're just gonna talk it. about you know how we feel our experiences what we find works better for us in terms of mm-hmm. you know just everything mm-hmm. gonna, yeah Let's get into it. Okay, so we'll start with first each one of us, you know, stating what social media platforms we're on and which ones we tend to use mm-hmm. more. Most often, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I feel like it varied. I feel like it started with, like, Facebook. That was the big thing. And now, you know, no one under 20 has it. So, we'll just... Yeah. Go. So, I... I mean, most... Does WhatsApp count? WhatsApp? I feel like we don't really... Mm, I don't... I, no, we kind of... What? We use it as messengers. I'm not like, going to count it as a social media right yeah, now. because it's just so like messages. messages. So, um, I mean, I'm on TikTok reluctantly. <laughs> she joined late, though. Extremely late. I was one of those really annoying people that was like, who eh. <laughs> would watch yeah. Instagram Reels. <laughs> Shut up. Okay, yeah. So that was me for a very long time. And we have recently gotten into tiktok whatever i'll talk about it a little bit more later but i'm on tiktok i'm on instagram i'm on pinterest um i'm on snapchat yep i think that's about it i think that kind of covers it for me too i got tiktok also like not that no not you late. were not as late i got as it I was, um, yeah before covid like end of 2019 oh no i it took you until it, like, like two months three ago. weeks yeah. ago <laughs> yes <laughs> um i'm on snapchat Pretty religiously, I think. Yeah, you're, you I, Snapchat a lot more yeah, than I do. I, I, like, I have a private story there, and that's where I post. I hate posting on Instagram. Right, so I'm more active on Instagram. Right. I think I have, like, two posts from, like, a year ago. Right. I, I'm terrified of posting new stuff on Instagram. Yeah, I use Instagram to just get boys. <laughs> you also use Instagram account on Instagram. Oh, yeah, that, but I... It's, okay. It's, yeah. She has, she has her main account and her spam account. I only have my main account. But you have your private story on Snapchat. I have my private story on Snapchat with which you know a lot of my friends in Israel don't have because people here don't use yeah. Snapchat. They also don't reply on Snapchat. They use Instagram replies. You know, I also um, I also have Snap. I also ha- post on Pinterest. I don't know if you know that. You do. I should follow you. I do. It's very aesthetic. I <laughs> I never use Pinterest. I only use it if I need like outfit inspo. So I like Pinterest because I find it to be, it's a social media. It acts as a, like a regular social media platform in terms of like I can mind br- mind numb myself, you know, with some <laughs> social media time. Uh, but I don't find it so addictive. Like I don't, so, like if I'm spending hours on it, it's a conscious decision. It's not. I feel like that's a thing that's intentional with social media creators to try to like warp you into their world and just have two hours pass by without you even noticing which i More think than happens that, i have six hours pass by without me noticing it's yeah, bad it's bad i feel like that happens to a lot of people with instagram me specifically the problems with tiktok i just yeah. go on it for hours yeah you open it up and you look at a video and you're and because they're so short it. you'll be like oh just a few more yeah so i'll tell you what yeah tiktok i'm also very sensitive to that instagram uh less i went through a while back a while back 
I went through all of the people that I followed on Instagram and mm-hmm. I unfollowed just most it. of it. Most people. Obviously, I still followed the people that were my friends, but most people don't post that often. So my feed mm-hmm. is very like, whatever, I have like maybe four new things in my feed. Like it's not, it's not an environment that's extremely addictive. Though I, Instagram, me and, me and Instagram have had a long relationship. Should I get into it? Yeah, you kept deleting it. Mm-hmm. So I think... Instagram, I find, can be a very toxic place. I think I was in a like a long-term relationship about, about a year ago. Um, and within that relationship, I deleted TikTok. I mean, not, sorry, not TikTok. Instagram. I deleted Instagram at some point reasonably early on in the relationship, maybe about. Because, honestly, like, and I know that this does not make the relationship sound all that healthy, but every time I'd sort of see pictures of my boyfriend and another girl or a girl even it just the environment was quite toxic and I made it quite toxic for myself um within yeah with within the app so I spent a lot of time off Instagram I deleted it because I noticed that it was just it was very bad for me Mm -hmm. um and also also keep in mind we use social medias a lot to get people's attention like to right, stay to, into validation and but also just generally to stay interacted and it, during that period of time i had a boyfriend i there was a lot of stuff going on in my regular day-to-day life i didn't feel the need to stay connected to people on social media i, I think social media we use a lot as girls to get guys attention to sort of not not even as a bad thing just for interaction purposes yeah. um so i didn't have it for a long time and i have been yeah, I kind of have it now. I really liked not having it, but at some point I had to start actually living my life and not just sort of avoiding it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still, it's a working relationship, me and Instagram specifically. I think we're in a reasonably <laughs> good place at the moment. Like, I think that I don't find it a toxic environment like it was was for me once. Um, yeah, so that's I my feel story like with Instagram. For me specifically, Instagram was never that like addictive of an app. Mm. I'd go on, I I follow some meme pages and you know some of my friends post, but that's really it. So there was really no reason for me to have to scroll on it for hours. Mm. Um, but I feel like for me, whenever I went on Instagram and I saw whether it was people I knew or people I didn't know, I saw them doing this incredible stuff. You know, going to places, going to parties, doing stuff, and it just made me feel. Yeah, like I, like I was missing out, yeah. like I wasn't living my life. Which, you know, half of those things, they go to take the photo and then leave. Yeah, or, 100%. You know. Honestly, like, yeah, that's very much something that I noticed as well, that people post the good things. Yeah. People post, and honestly, the people that post the bad things are quite cringe. I don't, like, I don't want to put that out there. But, like, it's very hard. There's this double standard. We look at social media and we say, oh, my God, it's so one-sided. Because people want to see We the good only things. post the good things. So in a reaction to that, people will be like, okay, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to post the bad things. But then everybody looks and be like, you're attention-seeking. You're cringe. Which, like, ugh, like which yeah. we're not handling it particularly well. <laughs> yeah. I think, talking about TikTok, though... Their algorithm is very is very interesting. Very interesting, very exact. I'd find myself yeah. saying one thing about whales and then yeah. the next video up would be Do you find your TikTok for you page to be a toxic place? Ever? Yes. Interesting. In what ways? Um I think that it just it all goes back to just the unrealistic standards that it sets. Whether it is, you know, going out every night with friends or having a one perfect body and always excelling in school. 
I feel right. like it gives us this illusion that life is always perfect when it never is. Right. You know, for anyone, even for those in, huge <clears throat> um, social media influencers who, you know, now they're trying to be more, this is my realistic day in the life where, you know, I didn't really do anything today, but you're still living that luxurious life. And they're taking pictures of the pretty well-made bed and, you know, the sunny, sun shining into the room. Like, it's, it's very much catered. I'll tell you what. My For You page on TikTok is very... <clears throat> I don't find it a toxic place. It's definitely an addictive place. <laughs> definitely, no doubt about that. But I don't actually find it a toxic place. Um, generally, I follow, like... It's a combination of people that are funny. Like, just genuinely saying really, like, funny stuff. Um, and otherwise... I have found myself on the, like... The kind of mental health, body positivity, realistic kind of... How my body looks real, like... I found myself in that part and I don't find that so toxic. Like the people that I follow and the people that come on my few page, if anybody's ever referencing like, like what they're doing that day or how they look that day, it's very honest. Like, you know, I get those videos where people can't be like, this is what I look like before I eat. And this is what I look like after I eat. I love her. Which one? Clara. The, oh my God. Amazing. She's I amazing. I, I think I'm very specific about those types of influencers the mm-hmm. realistic ones because some of them you know really try to blow it out their stomach and push it out to make it look like they have a small little tummy which obviously if you have a like a natural flat stomach that doesn't mean we like you less but <laughs> yeah. like you it's know, a I, very specific type of person that it works to do those TikToks yeah for. which is why it, yeah it gets annoying you know how people were saying body positivity body po- positivity and then when this thin woman would post with a sound or a background or a caption that you know, is body positive, people would get mad in the comments mm. and be like, you're the beauty standards, you can't be body positive. It is a trigger, though. It Which, is a trigger. It is yeah, a yeah. trigger. But I think often if you say you're body positive, mm. but then you're only body positive towards the bigger, curvier girls, mm-hmm. it kind of self-contradicts. <sighs> yeah. It's very hard. It's very... I mean, we'll get into maybe body stuff in a different episode because it's just such an intense topic. But I think that genuinely... One thing about TikTok, I... I, again, I already downloaded it like a couple of months ago. So I'm mm-hmm. still very new and I'm very... I find myself very susceptible to how addictive it is. Like, that's scary. But deleting it doesn't work anymore. I've tried that yeah. and it doesn't work that's anymore. That's another thing. You know, <clears throat> we have this, this... There's this feature on the phone when you can set a time limit. I have that for 25 mm-hmm. minutes a day. And it comes up and I just do 50 more minutes. I just yeah. do it So I have mine an for instinct. an hour and I still... I, I yeah. do it as an instinct. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how, many, how long I've been on it. I see it coming up. I automatically press it. And then say I'm like recording a TikTok or showing someone TikTok and then it pops up. They're like, oh, you have a time limit. And then I didn't even realize... Because yeah. their response is, becomes oh, habitual. let's stop being on the app now. Your time limit came up. And I'm like, nope, ignore. Yeah, it becomes habitual. Yeah. 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 It, it, that is a general thing. I mean, look, it, that's, it, it applies everywhere. But once we do something so often, it, you know, the, the neurons in our brains become rebuilt and reprogrammed. And we just, we yeah, can't it's very easy to just get lost in it and just spend hours on it and not even like, let's say there's this one video that I just pause it and think about it for a sec. I completely forget what I've seen in the past 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, what I've been doing, how it's suddenly... It is, it is genuinely such a waste of time. Not, not all of it. Not all of it. Again, I go on there. If it's I, very sometimes easy I need to make it. a fix of 
whatever, the specific accounts that I might follow that I find make me feel good. Sometimes I need that. Sometimes I need to go on the app and say, I need this person to help me put life in perspective. Obviously. I think like I'm putting cons yeah, to it. I think there are a lot of great app, a lot of great um, influencers and accounts on both Instagram and TikTok and, you know, Facebook and Twitter for, for older listeners. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, that like share baking recipes and exercise routines and creative See, even exercise routines i i never like those it's, videos because I they make really me feel varies. like shit I'm about myself very picky about those types of people that i like yeah um but you know so there's obviously good and you can learn new things and try new things and see new things <laughs> but you know there's also the cons the many many yeah. cons that come along with it and i think also on tiktok a lot of young girls Really young. As young as the age really of, like, eight. Young. That's the thing. We're 16 and 17. We're we're getting there into adulthood. We, you know, whatever within the next few years would have been exposed yeah. to a world of whatever, no matter which generation And there in. are some videos that even we find... But the thing is, we know how to identify that within ourselves. We know how to... We can, we can yeah. see a video and say, that makes me feel like shit. Let's, but a little, that, I think that, when, like you're saying, when you're a nine-year-old and you look at a video like that, you, it's interesting. Like, that the interest trumps the making you feel bad because it's such a new and interesting new thing. So you see What's a video. specific video? Like, okay, let's see. You see a video of a super beautiful woman who's had been, you know, injected with very, lots of plastic, you know, lots of, lots of manipulation, who's wearing a tiny Just skimpy bikini, very un- doing, doing a dance, being very, Shaking and a nine-year-old, yeah. a nine-year-old sees this video and they're like, oh, oh that's so cool, look at the pretty beach in the She's, background. And no, they look at this woman they and they say, and they why say, is wow, this woman not wearing she's clothes? She's in such a nice location. She's... she's, no, they look at her and they see an ideal life because that, they see that 15 second snippet of her shaking her ass. After yeah, but it builds like expect. You're right. It builds expectations of what life is meant to be. What you're meant, to, especially nine year olds have not started puberty yet. Yeah, we at sixteen and seventeen are well in our way to puberty. We know what our bodies look like. We know we know what realistically, realistically what yeah. our bodies are gonna look like naturally. You know, nine year old. When I was nine, I had no, I had no clue. I had no clue what my body was gonna end up looking like how comfortable I was going to end up being with my body. If I had been exposed to such content at that age, I think it would have created even more body issues than, you know, than people have now. And that's concerning. I think in general, younger kids now are just revealed, not, not revealed, but you know, no exposed, exposed, exposed to a lot more than we were at that mm. age, whether it's... And you know what? Even saying that, I was exposed to quite a lot. Me, personally, I was exposed to quite a lot. And still, it wasn't to that yeah. extent. Do you think, I want a question, to what extent can parents or should parents be restricting their children on social so media? So, my parents were always very open. Mm-hmm. Like, they told me they, we had the birds, and the birds and the bees talk at, like, five. Wow, seriously? Like, yeah, you know, if there was a movie... Like, two years ago, when my younger sister was eight. Okay. If we wanted to watch an R-rated movie because of drugs or abuse or whatever it was that appeared in the film, my dad was always... He always allowed her to watch it. He told her if it was violence, then maybe, you know, he wouldn't because it was just, you know, scary. But my parents were always very open with me about the world, and I I like that. Mm -hmm. Because 
you know, obviously there's an age where it's, you're too young. But I feel like trying to conceal and trying to hide mm-hmm. all the horrors and the terrible things that there are in the world from, yeah. like, a 10-year-old. Yeah. Like, no, a 10-year-old, they're well on their way to be an actual person with their own, you know, and trying to protect them for so long. Mm. And what about what about time-wise? Like, I hear what you're saying so in terms of, like, parental controls. Like, mm-hmm. what content can they see? What do you think about the amount of time that kids should be allowed to spend? So... We had a great. System. By the way, we're talking about we're talking about like what from like seven to thirteen, Ages, probably. Old. Yeah. Because younger than that, frankly, they're so annoying. Sometimes you just they're need to. So sh- you just need to. And sh- they're just chop always them in front on of the their TV. little iPads with their bent backs bent like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not. <laughs> yeah, it was like right back. Yeah. Look, okay, I have little sisters, and we would not survive them if we didn't like if we yeah, didn't. Sometimes it's need like to if plop you, want, them in you front need to clean the, the house, if you need to make food, if you need to do something yeah. without them whining, that can just like sit. Yeah. Watch so I'm talking more like like yeah about the age range of seven to thirteen, let's say twelve maybe. You know, obviously with little kids, when their whole like cognitive abilities are forming, sticking them in front of a TV for the majority of the day, which is what a lot of families do, can yeah. have it's so horrible outcomes. Because, yeah, sorry, that's actually just a different topic. We can go, yeah. But, yeah, definitely. And we're only starting to discover that yeah. now. Because technology is only now, now. when so much of our life is on that little screen, mm. it makes it so hard to keep it separate. Because, mm. you know, there's this funny thing that when you asked babies throughout time, how to pretend to call someone so you know like a hundred years ago yeah. they do like a dial phone they'd spin right. like a rotary phone and then you know like 50 years ago they'd punch in the numbers yeah and yeah. now they just swipe on their hand yeah if you ask a kid to take a picture to pretend they're taking a picture without an actual phone they will pretend they're holding a phone and not like a camera clicky or like a yeah. banana phone that you do with your hand yeah they'd go like this like uh, put their hand straight on their straight ear straight on their they're ear holding a phone it's totally true yep I'll tell you what, I have, I have a theory. I have this theory that because of technology, because of social media, the instant gratification that we get from it, we don't get as much practice being alone with our thoughts. And part, as part of that, we become very bad at it. I mm-hmm. see that in our generation a lot. How often do you get on the bus and people are just sitting there? You get on and you just sit. No, it's music. It's scrolling through your phone. It's even reading a book. If you go out onto the street and you see the way people just walk with mm-hmm. their head at a 90 degree angle, looking down at a little block. But even more than that, it's even, it's even music. It's even, how, how often do you walk, no seriously, how often do you walk in the streets with nothing except your brain? Almost never. So I have, I make a conscious effort of doing that. Like that is a, it's not, it's not something that comes naturally. Absolutely not. I leave the house and I want something going on in my brain. I want something to pull me away from my own thoughts. And it's a conscious effort. So for example, we met up today mm-hmm. to get lunch. Um, but before that I was walking around Tel Aviv and you I was really just enjoy walking. just walking. But that's something that take, has taken a lot of practice. I am, I can be very uncomfortable in my own head. I can be just like, just like everybody else. Um, but from experience, I, I actively push myself to get out of that because it doesn't help to drown yourself on social media. That's what I've been doing the last few days. And I went for a walk today and I was like, it's enough, enough. It's time to hear your thoughts. That's really, really good. I think for me, um, also when I, um, wait, I lost my train of thought. Mm-hmm. 
We're talking about being alone with, you know. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. So the past, I've always, I've never been really good at, you know, being alone with my thoughts, like you said, and not having a distraction. Even when I like watch a show or watch a movie, I always tend to be on my phone simultaneously or, you know, do homework simultaneously or bake, do something other than just watching because it's just not enough of a distraction. Mm -hmm. Same with reading. I read with music in the background, which I know is distracting for a lot of people but for no, me I, know a lot I need of a lot of work I, I need a lot happening like yeah with you know um and then a few nights ago I was I wasn't really tired but it was like 1 30 and I knew I had to be up for school the next day so I told myself I like I, I was gonna read and I read like a bit but then I was like I'll put the book away and I'll go to bed and I was just lying there in bed trying to fall asleep and obviously my mind started wandering and I just became so stressed about you know mm-hmm. Obviously, things that... Everything, your life, life stressful. but things that are so not worth stressing about. And had it been 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I wouldn't think about it twice. But just because it was then... I, and then I ended up falling asleep at, like, 4. Mm-hmm. Which would be... To, like, it would have taken me a half an hour if I had just kept reading and fallen asleep to the book. Yeah. I think our need for that distraction changes all the time. And mm-hmm. it's not even necessarily representative of whether we're in a good place mentally... Um, I can go through a period of my life where I'm in a really good place and, you know, every couple of days I'd find myself in a, you know, with very, very loud thoughts, Mm -hmm. really in a bit, in like, not able to concentrate on one thing properly and wanting to kind of, I needed something else. I needed something else for my mind to focus on so that it wasn't focusing on itself. And we all need those days all the time. And the first thing to know is we need to be fair on ourselves that sometimes our brains do need a break. That exactly. while we might not be giving it quite as enough attention, as much attention as it needs, that it, there is still an element of our brains needing a break. I think we spoke about this in our first episode when we were talking about different types of breaks to give yourself. Yeah. I think that people see scrolling on social media for an hour as, as a, a break. break. Yeah. When it really isn't. Mm-hmm. You know, you see all these... Like, it's not. If you want an actual break, go for a walk, read a book, make yourself coffee, do something. But being on social media, it's exerting. Like, it is. Mm-hmm. It's... You get warped into this whole thing. You see all these videos. You... With these yeah. so such it's unrealistic, endless. yeah, it's endless. It's just you can go on for for yeah. hours and hours without even noticing. Sometimes, when I I put my phone away, sometimes I like, like I close my phone, um, after having been on social media for a little bit, and I feel like I'm closing, like a portal. I feel like I'm, I'm closing this whole other world when my phone is open and when that screen is available to me when it's when within arm's length difference i feel like i can pick up my phone and open up you know put in the password open it up and i have opened up this entire world that's very broad and very very rich really mm-hmm. um but that it's a world that's easier to live in than our world it is because here. it's I, w- I wouldn't say it's simple but it's somewhat perfect. Mm. And I'm, I have like air quotations when I say this because it shows us the good and the positive sides of life. You know, being um, a social media influencer obviously has its cons, but it also, it's nice. You know, you post yeah. a 10 second video, people praise you and say, obviously there's those hateful comments, which those are absolutely horrible. I'm not taking away from that, but I'm saying you post a video of you standing there with an outfit and people praise you in the comments. Mm-hmm. I think as well as that, 
when we're on our phones and when we're participating in the technological world, it's almost like the the kind of levels that our brain functions on, the level of contemplation that it requires is very singular layered. It's very, like, there is one layer and our brains follow this constant stream of new information and of new things that are coming up in our social media. And that's simpler than real life. Real life requires genuine contemplation. Finding meaning in real life and finding bliss in real life requires us to balance a lot of things but in social media we find this type of bliss that i think we often confuse for real bliss yeah but we find this type of bliss where our brain quietens down but not because it's being listened to but because we're not because we're not listening to it that it quietens yeah. down because we've because shifted like our focus so far away exactly it's like we're in this passive state where we just our eyes look at it but we don't really see it mm. it's just and like you were saying about memory, like how much of what I scroll through and do, do I, I even remember two if, minutes later? If I'd watch the video again, obviously I'd remember seeing it. But if you'd ask me if I scroll for even like 10 minutes, which for me is not a lot to like to scroll and then stop. I'm, I almost always it has to be over a half an hour. But yeah. say I scroll for 10 minutes and I see what, 30 videos in that time? I, maybe I'll be able to tell you five yeah, and I think also more than that, that transfer, after you've been scrolling for a while, even 10 minutes, that transfer of our concentration from our phones, from this big wide world of instant gratification to our own world is actually a very difficult transformation, especially hey. through in those first couple of seconds that feel like everything and that take take a real active choice to go back there. I always find it very, very hard. It feels like a real shift. I feel like, I, feel like I have to manually revert my brain. To be like, yeah. okay, and out I feel of there, like into I here. I instantly have to start taking responsibility for my life again. Yeah. It's easy to forget. It's easy to forget to go into the social media hole and to let it distract me from everything, all of my responsibilities. And that distraction is very tempting. And after you see all these videos of all these people with their day in life where they, you know, have a nice walk and do their work and whatever, it makes me feel inadequate and like mm-hmm. I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. And it, I, it's like I need to be like them. When obviously they have all their hardships and all their difficulties and all the things that they don't do off camera, mm-hmm. but they just post about, again, the perfect aspect, which yeah. gives us the feeling that our life, the entirety of it, the entirety of what we see of their life has to be that perfect 15 second video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And I, I, I see it from an influencer's perspective. It's very hard because I think what they, I don't know. It's, it's a complicated world to be part of. And, and we don't know at this stage how permanent it is, you know? Also, the speed in which, like, the, the, like, the audience of social media, the way they cancel people for saying one tiny thing. I can't think of a single influencer who people haven't come at at least once. Mm-hmm. Once, for saying one word, for doing one thing, for walking past a homeless man and not giving him money. Yeah. It's Any like little our, thing our day-to-day celebrity negative conversation. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of focus put on them. I don't know. I don't really find myself very into the regular influences. I don't understand why a lot of the influences that are influences are influences. Yeah. I, <laughs> me either. Yeah. You know, I think I especially something when, when Charlie D'Amelio became famous. Yeah. So, she started posting these 15-second dance videos, and she 
became viral really, really quickly. Yeah, I don't get it. Which, she's a great dancer. Don't get me wrong, she's incredibly talented, but I don't... Like, there are other people what, who are just as special about talented what she's as doing. her, who also post 15-second dance videos, yeah. but... And are just as pretty as her, too. Yeah. I, I think that that's also a big thing. If two people would post, especially if it's funny content, if two people would post the same funny video, the same writing, but one of them is, More you know... Attractive. Yeah, is, you know, like the standard pretty, and the other one is not considered attractive, one will do a lot better than the other, even yeah. if they mean the exact same thing. I Actually, I saw this video the other day that being funny and being weird, there's a very fine line, and that line is how attractive you are. And I was thinking, I don't know if that's entirely true, but there's that there, there is, is something element to it. of truth in that. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Which you know, again, we like so much of how we see a person, what we think of a person, comes from what they look like. But I think that that's something that's been exemplified and sort of encouraged more in a world of social media i think that i think that before social media you could be a very average looking person and be perfectly unaware of the fact that you're an average looking person like you go past you walk past the streets and it's like you walk by and you think okay i don't get any special attention for being particularly attractive but i also don't get any special attention for being unattractive so people can go through their life being very regular human beings, you know, pretty and beautiful in their own way, not sort of unattractive, but also not stunningly beautiful. And they could yeah. go through their whole lives and just get on with it and find a partner that likes them for them and you get the fuck on. Sorry. <laughs> you get you you get on with it. But with social media, it's impossible to ignore. Right. I think with beauty standards, I think they change so quickly. Mm, Actually, this is a fun yeah. thing. Like, a hundred or so years ago, more, I think, the beauty standard was being big, like fat, and pale. Because that meant that you come from a wealthy family, so you don't have to work, you're not out in the sun all day, and you have enough to eat. I don't know. And then it fat, it was very, like, it was a renaissance thing. And it's not flat, it's, it's, it's not fat, it's plump. There was a yeah. level of, like, to be... But I, I, I just want to say about yeah, sorry, how sorry, quickly... Sorry. No, 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 it's totally fine about how quickly, like, it veers and changes... Like, you know, it can, at a certain point, like you, like the Renaissance, whatever, it, you had to be, like, chubbier and, and pale. And then you had to be really, really, really tan and really, really slim. Like a stick, s- tiny body. And then, you know, it was uh, big boobs and curves. Mm. And, you know, now it's like a tiny cinched in waist and a huge Kim Kardashian butt. Yeah. And, and really tan. You have to mm-hmm. be really tan. Yeah. You know, it's just... And big lips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a very... It's a... It's this... It's a... What's the word? Um, fickle. It's a fickle world. Yeah. It's Good not... Word. You know, we've been, we, we put so much focus on it. But at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to make ourselves... Let ourselves sort of love what we look like is got to be an internal process. Because outside, you know, basing our love for ourselves... On things we see on the outside is never gonna stick because the stuff on the outside never sticks. Yeah, you know, and we've kind of gotten off topic a little bit, and we've been talking for half an hour yeah. now, so we will conclude this episode around here. But we wanted to, you know, explain to you guys that your experiences of social media are so normal, and that we're going through them too. And maybe we'll do a a, a um another video talking about 
you know how best ways to deal with it maybe we yeah. can try maybe from well, now dude, we can obviously try this is all from our experience you know we don't really we're not like experts on the sub- yeah. subject but you know it's something that just is such a big part of our life yeah it's just interesting so this to... we can sort of say is part one and it was about awareness and you know and maybe maybe in the future we'll go into a little bit more we hope you've enjoyed mm-hmm. um and have a good week guys yes bye